Let's look at Colossians 1, verse 9. We, are, we started a series a few weeks ago called Victory Over Darkness. This is part three. Colossians 1, verse 9. It says, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and wisdom and all spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now look at verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the, king, the kingdom of the Son of His love. Colossians 1 verse 13, that verse we just read in the Young's Literal Translation says, who did rescue us out of the authority of darkness. See, God, through Jesus, rescued us out of the authority of darkness and translate, did translate us into the reign of the Son of His love. In the Amplified Classic, it says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control of the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. See, it says he's delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and into his kingdom. In the CEV, it said God rescued us from the dark power of Satan and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been delivered from the authority, from the dominion, from the power of darkness, from the power of Satan. And now, as Christians, we're in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're in the kingdom of light, not dark. That's where we've been translated to. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It said that Jesus, he had to partake of flesh and blood. And that through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now we read and we spent some time on this in the previous messages. The word destroy, it's not saying, of course, there is still a devil. But he's been rendered inoperable as far as the Christian. He doesn't have any power real power. Now, he has threats. He can try to deceive. He can try to push, but he has no real power over Christians. See, Christians have made the devil some big, you know, uh, equal and opposite force of God. That's not true. You know, you see stories and movies and people, there's the good and evil, and sometimes they even portray like this, this war, but it's equal and opposite. There's no equal and opposite with Satan and God. 
God is so far above Satan, it's, it's not even really worth talking about. God is the creator. He's the almighty. Satan's a fallen created being. He tried to take on God, took a third of the angels, and got tossed out. There was no contest. This was not coming down to the wire. There's no uh, real threat to the Almighty. Satan is not what he tries to make himself be. All the, 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 the pictures and the images of some big demonic force that's going to, you know, take somebody out or, you know, these in, in movies and stories, some evil force that's just so threatening, well, those are produced and, uh, I should say, those are inspired by Satan. Well, it's propaganda. <laughs> he, he's trying to make you think he's all bad, but he's not bad. This, this, this is the, this the smokescreen. The Bible says when we see Satan, we're going to be like, what? He did all that? He's the one that made the, the, the nations tremble? Are you kidding me? I thought he looked like this. I saw this movie. No, and he's this little... You think, He might try to do this. He can't... You know, it's like a dog that has a bark. Yeah, but yeah, he's, not, he's not all that. The Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion. We'll get into that some more in a different time. But he doesn't have authority. He doesn't have power. You know whose authority he uses on the Christian is their own. We have authority. We've been translated in the kingdom of light. And if he can get you to cower and get you to, through fear, start doing what he wants you to, you know, Satan will lead you by fear. He'll try to get you afraid of something to do something else. You know, it's like, it's like a hunter trying to scare, you know, an animal right into the net. The animal could go that way, but they get scared and go into the net. Well, that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to get you afraid and intimidate you to go where he wants you to go. But that's you making the choice. You could say, shut up and leave. I'm not doing that. So he's not, he's not forcing us to do something. It may feel like a force. It's not. You can resist it. But, but people, Christians have been religiously brainwashed instead of Bible taught. So they... they they're afraid of the devil, if they even believe there's a devil. Or they've been taught there's no devil. Well, that's fine. The devil's still there, and now they'll call the destruction God. There's people that, well, it's not God, but God, or it's not the devil, but God's doing all this. Well, okay, so now you're calling the work of God, or the, the work of the devil, the work of God. That's just religion, too. The reality is we have to know there's an enemy, and we have to know he has no power over us, and we know, have to know how to resist him. If you don't know there's an enemy, he's going to run rampant. If you think there's an enemy and you're afraid of him, he's going to run rampant. If you know there's an enemy, you know his place, and you know who you are, then you can dominate him. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we, we, we talked about this. We're not going to go in depth here, but just touching on it as we're segueing. Uh, we're going to go deeper into what we talked about last week. But we talked about how the, the world is influenced by Satan. Satan is the god of this world. Satan is, uh, he's not the god. He's not god over everything. He's not almighty. But the Bible calls him uh, god, little g, over this world. In other words, he has authority over the world. Not over the Christian, but over the world. And we spent some time on, not, on that. We're not going to go over those, all those scriptures again. But just First John 5.19 says, We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. 
the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. But as we covered before, the Christian isn't of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of it. So we're not under the sway of the wicked one, but the whole world is under the influence of the wicked one. Well, you can readily see that. John 17, 14, just in review. It says, I have given, this is Jesus, I have given you, given them your word. He's praying to the Father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Talking about Christians, talking about the, the disciples, the believers. Just as I am not of the world. See, Jesus isn't of the world either. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So we are in the world, but we're not of it. We're not getting out of the world. You don't leave the world till you go to be, you know, you either go to heaven or hell. People don't like to talk about hell. There is a hell. We need to know there's a hell. If you don't know Jesus, if you haven't confessed him as your Lord and Savior, believed in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then your destination is hell. People don't like that. People recoil at that. Not politically correct. Doesn't matter if it's politically correct or not. It's the truth. And people are going to find out soon enough when they leave this earth. We need, to, we need to understand that. But we're not of the world as Christians. We're in it, but we're not of it. And God, Jesus isn't taking us out of it. We're in it. We're in it until we do go to be with, with the Lord. Either He's coming back or we live out our life here. But either way, you're in it until then. And so, but Satan doesn't have authority over us. He has authority over the world, but not as Christians. So let's look back at Colossians 1.13. We started out with. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Now we're going to read the next verse and keep going. I want to get into, um, go further on what we were talking about last week. He is the image of the invisible God, Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were, uh, all things were created that are in heaven and on, are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Notice that Jesus, he's the head of the body, the church. The church is the body of Christ. He's the head. And we'll get into this more and more as we go, uh, that Jesus has been given authority. We're his body, and so we, and he's delegated his authority to us on the earth. In other words, he tells you to do something, What's the authority you do it in? His authority. And we'll get into that more and more. Today we're going to you know, focus on some other things. But look at uh, Ephesians 1 verse 22 briefly. And we'll be covering these verses more later, I believe. And he put all things under his feet and gave Jesus, gave is he, God, put all things under his feet, Jesus, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all gave him to be head over all things to the church. The church is the Lord's body on the earth. In other words, he's the head, his body, or the hands and feet that get everything done. Where his body, what is the body? The church. What is the church? Those that have called on the name of the Lord Jesus. Not 
not because you have an affiliation with a certain group, not because you have a membership, not because somebody you know, puts you on their mailing list, not because your parents were in a certain uh, church, or they call it a church, but group. The church are the ones that have been translated from darkness into light. How has that happened? Because you believed on the Lord Jesus. See, He redeemed all of mankind, but the way you actually partake of that is by believing on Him and saying, I believe that you are Lord. I bow my knee to you. I believe and confess that you raised from, you were uh, risen from the dead. And when that, that uh, results in you being born again, becoming a Christian. That's what makes you translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's how we become a Christian. doesn't have anything to do with affiliation or group or anything. That's what happened because you, that's the legality that makes us go from death to life is believing on Him. So the church, the church, that, that word that's translated church over and over literally means called out ones. Well, you can readily see we've been called out. It's a group. It's a congregation. It's a side. But you can readily see we've been called out of the world into the light. We've been called out of the darkness into the light. We've been called out of, of Satan's kingdom into the kingdom of God. That's the church. 1 Peter 2 verse 9, we read this last week. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And we're talking about victory over darkness. We're going to see some scriptures here. Satan is darkness. God is light. God's word is light and truth. Uh, Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. See, you were once darkness, when was that? Before you became born again. Born again isn't a religious term, it's in the Bible. Jesus said you must be born again. What that means is your spirit, not your man, not your physical person, your physical man, but your spirit becomes born again, becomes recreated. And we were in darkness when we were, uh, before we trusted God. It says, for you were once darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth. Matthew 5, verse 14. It says, you, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Now they do... Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Well, how do you see a light? I mean, the way you see it, there's got to be some, some less light around it, or what we'd say is darkness. I mean, if everything is the same brightness you, you can't really differentiate just i mean have you ever looked you're not supposed to but i'm sure you have at least in passing looked at the sun you know you get a glimpse or have you ever seen sun the sun coming out off of snow is blinding i mean you're like 
can't, you can't make out. It's not like there's the pinpoint light. It's so, if you see it so bright, you, you can't really even distinguish anything. You're looking away. You know that feeling when you come out? You know, you're, I remember being a kid and going out to play on the snow, but sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, I can't, you're just trying to get used to You can't even see. Well, you also know the feeling. If it's dark and somebody shines, I mean, that's the sun coming off of snow outside. There's already a lot of light, but that's even brighter. But you could be, if you're in the middle of the night and your eyes have already gotten used to the light, you know, I don't like light in my room when I'm going to sleep. And you can have a little light in your room somewhere, like, you know, we have a, a speaker, a little Bose speaker that's portable. When it's on its charger, you don't notice it in the day. It's got a little green light. But, you know, if I leave it plugged in, it's on its charger, and I start, and we turn the lights off after your eyes are just a little bit, you see this green glow over there. And it's not that, you don't even notice it in the day. It just looks like a single LED. But in the night, it looks like this glow. And if we didn't turn it off, or un, you move it from its charger, and you happen to like wake up in the middle of the night, and you see it, it looks pretty bright. Well, how much more, if your eyes have already adjusted to that light, and now somebody comes and puts their cell phone, like sometimes, my, my wife likes to look at her phone sometimes, like first thing in the morning or something, and it's still dark, and she just looks at her phone, and I'm like, what? This is so, it's bright. I'll look over, you know, I'm looking at, I'll, I'll be looking the other way, but it's like the room is all illuminated, just but the phone screen. That's just the, now, I, you don't notice that in the middle of the day. It's just, it's just like a screen, but in the middle, when it's dark around, it illuminates the whole room. Light is brighter when there's darkness around. You could take a lighter or a candle or a, you know, just a, a match in the middle of a dark forest, and you can see that thing a ways because it's all dark around it. You know, you're in the middle and there's no moon of, of uh, a forest. It's dark. You can't see anything. The light has that much more of an effect. Well, Jesus said, we're the light. Well, you can readily see. Why are we the light? Because we've been called out of darkness. If the world is dark, now we're talking about physical light there. Well, when you are walking according to God's word, when you are uh, following him, when you are being godly, the, the more dark it is around you, the more you show up. The brighter you are. If everybody is walking good, it doesn't show up as much. But when the darker your surroundings get, the more you stick out. Like somebody said, you stick out like a, a sore thumb. Feel uncomfortable. You feel like, well, I'm different than everybody. Well, you should be different. The worse the surroundings are, the more people go away from the God, the more you're, as a Christian, you're going to, you're, you're going, your light is going to shine brighter. We're, we're, we're the church. We're light. We're, we've been called out of darkness. So Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said, a city on, that is set on the hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a basket but put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Don't hide it, show it. 
the light shows up in darkness. Philippians 2 verse 14 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. Notice that. We're supposed to shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. What is that? The word of God, the word of truth, the word of light. We're not supposed to hold fast doctrines and opinions and philosophies of men. We, taught, we spent a whole series on talking about the wisdom of God and that anything that is true wisdom is based on God's Word. So it doesn't mean you don't listen to what people say. You're just, you got this filter that, okay, is that in the Word? Is that in the Bible? Okay, well now I'll listen to you. But you do not listen to what somebody says apart from the Word. You cannot put men on a pedestal as God. You can't put the word of men or the opinion of men and start looking to the opinion of men to guide you. We're supposed to look at the word of life. Hold fast the word of life. And you'll be okay. We trust Him. Verse 16, Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or have labored in vain. So He said, You... Let your light shine in the world. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. See, we are children of light. We have been called out of darkness and into light. We are, through Jesus, we have victory, authority over darkness, over anything dark. Well, what's dark? It's, it's Satan's influence. In our opening, our first text, we said, it saw that we were called out of the power of Satan, out of the darkness of Satan, out of his authority, the dark power of Satan. Verse 14, do not be, or 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Now, now we, we covered this last week, and if you didn't hear the message, I encourage you to go back and listen to, listen to it. You're not saying that you're supposed to have no contact with unbelievers. In one place it said, I'm not telling you to leave, you'd have to leave the world if that were the case. But here, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't have a connection that's too close to people that don't believe God. That's what this is saying. Let's read it and maybe we'll comment some more on it. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness. Now he's saying, he's calling righteous is the believer, unrighteous is unbeliever. What has righteousness with lawlessness? What has communion and what communion has light with darkness? Calling the believer light, unbeliever darkness. Well, in the, king, the, the unbeliever is in the kingdom of darkness, influenced by the enemy, by, by Satan. Verse 15, What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. We are the church. We're light. We believe. So we, we need to understand, we're lights. We're, our lights are supposed to shine. 
we, we have to, you, we want to reach the world, but you don't become connected with the world. You don't become connected with darkness. It, 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 it has an influence. And we covered that some more last week. But the focus I want to have here is the showing the contrast between light and darkness. The Christian is light. Our lights are supposed to shine. And the brighter, they will shine brighter the darker it is around. You know, I heard uh, an illustration one time, you know, by this guy who was, he was preaching to youth, but uh, great illustration. And he was like, you know the way people... Uh, in, in pop songs, you know, they'll have their lighters and go, you know, have the, the these, they used to have lighters, now they use their phones. You know, some, some song will be in all the crowd is like, you know, it's dark, but they have their little lighters and stuff. And, you, you know, Christians will complain and be like, you know, we want to get together. Uh, we just want to go where all the Christians are. And they all are going to bring their light together. And then it's like, they don't, they don't want to go anywhere where there's no light. And so Christians come together, and they're all like, there's a stadium, and there's all the, this light, and they all want to then pop up their little, you know, Bic lighter or their little phone. Well, you can't even tell the thing. When there's stadium lights on, I got my light, and I'm shining it, and there's, you know, 100,000 other people. We're shining our light. Woo! Affecting the world. See my light? They can't see your light. They just see your phone. Now, if you go to a stadium where it's completely dark in the middle of the night, your phone could be seen from any seat in that place. Is that not true? You went down to Foxborough. You probably can't get in there in the middle of the night, not saying you should. It's illustration. But if you were, and you went down to the 50-yard line, and it was pitch dark in the middle of the night, and there's no moon, nothing, and you put your phone up, you could see it anywhere in that stadium. Just your phone. You could light a match. You could see it. But you know what Christians want to do so many times? They, they want to go where all the Christians are. Now, we're going to talk about fellowship some. We, we need to be together, but we're all supposed to influence the outside world. Not get connected, but we are supposed to influence. We are the church. We're the, we are the representation of God's but we are the body of Christ on this earth and so we want to let our light shine but we also need to be together with other believers not so we can just just congregate and and not affect the world we need to congregate we need to be built up as the church but you don't need to just stay there nor do you need to be so embedded in the world that you're not with other believers. We're supposed to be together and encourage ourselves and build ourselves up together, but then also go out and influence the world. That's our role on the earth, is both. But you can't just be like, well, not going to get in church, I'm just out here. And you will be affected and corrupted by the world. Well, I can be just as good a Christian sitting at home as I can in church. Not true. Boy, it was quiet there. No, we need to be together with other believers. And thank God for technology. 
but it is not the same as looking at somebody with your physical eyes. Now, now we're here to condemn anybody, not here to knock anybody, but this is our truth regardless, okay? And in this day and age, more than ever, not everything can be electronic. Now, I, I, several months ago, I was just thinking about this, and, um, and I mentioned to this somebody you know, a few weeks ago about this, but the thing you cannot do electronically, there's a lot of things you can't do, but one thing as far as interacting with people, you cannot look somebody in the eye online. You can look at their eyes on your screen. They can look at your eyes on their screen, but all they're really looking at, you just see the camera, their eyes looking somewhere close. You cannot look into their eyes and see how they're doing. You cannot sum them up. You, it's impossible. You can't get... When we go into a room, yes, thank God, there's no distance in the Spirit, but that does not take the place of being with people of like precious faith. And everything is electronic right now as far as there's so much communication electronic. We need to know and have fellowship with people in person as well. We need to be encouraged. We need to be built up. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1. It says, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day, talking about the day of the Lord, should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. Sons and daughters. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet of salvation." For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, and whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are also doing. So this says a number of things. Verse 4 says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so this day should not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the, of the night or of the darkness. The Christian is of the light. Say it talking about the coming of the Lord, but saying this should not just come out of nowhere for the Christian. We, ought, we are children of light. We, we ought to know and understand the times and understand what's coming. And we ought, it says eventually, we should comfort each other and edify one another. We, we, we are children of light and we need to understand the church is put on the earth for a purpose and 
part of what we need to do is to be with believers of like precious faith in order to stand strong and in order to do our job on the earth in influencing it for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be built up and strong in Him. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, the church, we're talking about the authority of the believer, but talking about the church is light. The church has authority over the darkness, but we are in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. In order to stay strong, in order to do what God has called us to do, we need to understand the differentiation between the world and the church, the, the unbeliever and the believer, darkness and light, and we need to make, uh, we need to put a premium on being encouraged, built up, strengthened with the body so that we can stay strong in what we have to do in the world. The world's influence is dark. We need to have ourselves built up, encouraged, strengthened, so that as we walk in this world, as we interact with people, that we can stay strong and be the witness we're supposed to be. If we just go and act like every other person and not, we're not conscious of the fact that we've been called out, not conscious of the fact that we have authority, then we'll get lulled, we'll start to drain, we'll start to slip, we'll start to work ourselves into the world, and then we can be discouraged just like the world. We can be defeated just like the world. We... The Bible says here, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Assembling of who? The church, the light. See, we need to have our lights together, but then we also need to be influencing the world. You can't just be just packed together all the time, but you can't just go into the world. We can't just be influenced indirectly. We need to have a company. We need to have people that we can look at. We need to have people that we can know, that we can go talk to, that we can be encouraged by, that we can say, we are the church. You're doing a good job. You, and encourage each other. Because the world's not going to tell you that. If you just look at the world in times, you can, you can look outside you know, in a situation, and if you're constantly surrounded by darkness, you can start to feel darkness. You could be discouraged by darkness. When we gather together, we get encouraged by the Word, and we get encouraged just seeing each other. Just seeing, just you bring a spirit, the Spirit of God, I bring the Spirit of God. Just being together, we're like, no, we're doing the work of Almighty God. We're being encouraged. You can go back out refreshed, ready to go, and influencing and being the light you ought to be. And you won't be overtaken as easily. Yeah. 
See, we're talking about the authority of the believer. We cannot yield to the enemy and be in his domain and in the darkness constantly and not be expected to be influenced by it. Amen. As we get into this more and more, yes, we, we could talk about the authority of believer in isolation. But Satan works by fear and deception and darkness. The Christian has authority over Satan. But the way he gets you to relinquish that authority is through clouding your vision. One way that you keep that from happening is getting around believers in the Word to where you are strong and you know your place, you know your rights, you know what's going on, and you won't be deceived. You won't be pushed off. You'll be reinvigorated with the Word, but you'll also be around like people of like precious faith. 2 Peter 1.1 says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle, of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ. We need to be around those that have obtained like precious faith. Stir ourselves up with the Word, with be in His presence. I said be in His presence. You, you, you can be in His presence anywhere, but there is something about being in His presence in a corporate setting. It's different. Now again, this is not to condemn anybody watching online or anything. I mean, we have this for a purpose. But this is a truth that we need to, uh, you know, just, just saying this in passing. But we need to put a, pri a, a priority and a, a, a premium and understand there is a difference. I mean, I don't personally like going to big sporting events because to me, Getting there is not worth the hassle. I would rather watch, if I were, I don't want to watch a lot of sports at all, but, and especially not, not, not in the current times, but in past times, if I were going to watch a big game, I'd rather be watching from the camera's perspective on the 50-yard line than try to get there and get out. Anybody ever gone to like a big game? I mean, you know, you spend your day. I generally don't like that as much. We had the opportunity to go with my family when we were back in Nebraska, and you know they had a setup where they had certain really good seats and they could just come in. You park like right in front of the stadium and walk in and go up an elevator and sit right there and then leave and get, now that's, I don't mind that. <laughs> but if you're got, you know, you gotta fight the traffic, and I mean, you still had to fight the traffic, but I mean, at least it took some of the things out. But there are people that really, they want to be there. But you can't, regardless if you really like it or not, that's not the point. The point is, there is a major difference between watching it at home and being in the middle of the stadium. Number one, you know, when you're in the middle of a stadium, games I've been at, they have a decibel meter up that they'll start putting when the crowd starts getting loud. And it is much louder in the stadium than it is at your house. And it's not just loudness. I'm sure you can blare your speakers, but it is a boom. I mean, there is a presence. You look around and see 90,000 people, it's a lot different. 
You know, there's a play and that, that sound, which is absent, you know, sports, there's nobody in the, the crowd that doesn't exist. Maybe they pump it through the speakers or whatever. But actually hearing 80, 90,000 people roar is a lot different than you watching it and hearing it on TV. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, when we, when we see something from a distance, it's a lot different than being here. Corporate being somewhere, watching an event on TV, if it's a Christian event, is not the same as being with people in the room. It's not. And there's a lot of distractions. Uh, you know, attending a conference online is totally not the same as taking vac vacation or time off and going there. You disconnect. It's different. But my point is that to be together with people of like precious faith. Let's look at Acts 4.23 in closing. To be, to stir ourselves up. To know that we are the church, we need to be armed. And part of that is God meant for us to be together. This, this, this whole thing about being separate, Satan loves it. Separating people. It, it is not the way God intended. Trying to keep people distant. This is not the way God intended. It, it, it isolates people. It isolates the body of Christ. It is not, it is not God's will. Acts 4.23 says, And being let go, they went to their own companions. This is Peter and John. They, got, uh, they healed a man who had never walked, and then they got in trouble for it, and they took him in, did all kinds of stuff, and then they got let go. And it says, They went to their own companions. In the King James it says, They went to their own company. I like that. They went to their own company. What's a company? When you have company over, what is that? People you know. That's your people. Those are your, that's your group. Your own company. It says they went to their own company or companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. Verse 25. Can we go back to New King James? It says, who by the mouth of your servant David. Let's go back to verse 24. So they reported everything the, the chief priest had said to them. Verse 24, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heavens and, and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said. So they immediately, they raised their voices together, encouraging one another as the church and started praying. It says, why did the nations raise and the people, uh, rage and the people plot vain things? The, th the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Verse 9, 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. See, they were threatened, they were pushed, 
and they went to their own company. The church came together, went to their own company where they could hear, see, feel, exhort, and they encouraged themselves. They prayed together and prayed to God that He would help them be bold and be a light, essentially, like they ought to be. There is a boldness and a strength when we come together. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So what they prayed for came to pass. God has called us out of darkness into light as the church. Satan has no authority over the children of light. And a, a critical way that we walk in the authority of the believer is to be firmly hooked up with other believers, is to be reminded of the truth and reminded of the truth and reminded of the truth and exhorted and encouraged and raising our voices together and worshiping Almighty God and being strengthened by the Spirit of God in people of like precious faith. There's a strength there. There's a corporate anointing there. There are things that can't be done remotely. And I don't mean, I'm not harping on that part, but this truth. That's a truth. And we need to, we need to realize that. We can't dance around it. We can't just dance around it and be like, well, it doesn't matter, it's all good. No, it's not, it's not as good. And we're in serious times. We are. We, we are, like, like we read in, in 1 Thessalonians, we need, to, we need to understand certain things that are happening and have an impression on the inside. When you get together with people, you're like, well, yeah, you, you have a, a bearing witness. So you stay strong stronger, and walk in the authority that is rightfully ours. We don't get picked off. It's easy. When we're isolated, when we're by ourselves, it's easy to get picked off. Easy. Easy to get into, to start meshing into society in places we shouldn't. Easy. Amen? This is the, it's the truth. We're reading the Word of God. And we can't go from a distance and be like, oh, I have authority, I have authority over authority, but we're, we, we, we back away from some of the things God has told us to do. I have authority all by myself. Well, the Bible talks about us gathering together for our own good. Not because we have to. Not because we're going to check a box, going to church. No, because we can go and encourage one another, build each other up, be strong, go out with the boldness of God, be in a place where we're able to raise our hands and raise our voices and hear people praising and worshiping God. Amen. God is so faithful. He is good. He's a good, good father. made us children, 
of light to be lights in the world. Praise God.